Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast. This is a Hershey Bears podcast made for Bears fans by Bears fans, or as I call myself, a hawk with a microphone. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is just now turning November 1st. We got two months of this thing known as 2020 left to go. God bless us, one and all, and here we are. Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Richard Blosser. Welcome you on to another edition of this podcast. Um, first off, before we start, I'd like to thank um, the Hockey Troll from the Caps Chirps podcast uh, for helping me out this past Saturday night. Uh, meet him. Worked on a lot to get a lot of my audio issues taken care of. Got some new program stuff in. Messed around with the settings. Had some fun. Drank some beer. Talked some smack. Played some Capitals clips. It was a good fun time had by all. So uh, just thank you to Caps Chirps for, with all the help, I'm grateful. I really am. So thank you to both you guys. And once the world gets right, Get your butts up here for some chocolate. I'll buy you guys whatever you want at Hershey's Chocolate World, just as long as you get your butts up here. All righty. All righty. Let's get this show underway. You know, I actually thought after last week's show that I wouldn't have much to talk about, that the hockey landscape was going to, you know, just sort of quiet down and simmer down and, you know, maybe I'm just going to have to go bi-weekly as we hit the holiday season. Well, in the words of Dean Ambrose from the WWE, nope, not happening because, well, Wednesday the AHL formally announced and all hockey outlets put this out there that the AHL has officially postponed its opening night from Friday, December 4th, all the way down to Friday, February 5th, 2021. And, shh, you hear that? What's that, ladies and gentlemen? I believe that's what's called kicking the can down the line, which is exactly what is happening. And I know the easy answer to come on here is to say, just just, just cancel the season. As soon as I posted this happened, the first five comments were, cancel the season, Can't, j- just, just cancel it. I'm making my plans for the 2021-2022 season. Herco's not getting any of my money. Just cancel the season. Ugh. Even though my buddy Jesse was among one of them, and he himself is a smart guy, really good guy. He is the planner of our trips. He is the driver of the Prius. What? Who said that? He is the one who makes the plans for whenever we travel. And even he is of the mindset of of he won't be back till 2021, but he lists reasons he lists logic his own reasons for doing this and i can respect that now me personally if bears hockey does come back 
and it is masks and social distancing, let it be known on this podcast that I have said I will be there. I will give my money. I will go to these games, even if I have to stand in section 217 by myself. And why would I do that? You know, why? Why? I'm sure there's some of you listening to this going, I see you. You're one of the, uh, you're one of the, uh, the sheeple, aren't you? No, no, no. I understand the give and take. And going to these hockey games is a partial job. And if you children want your, your recaps, if you want me to continue to doing this podcast, if you love my own brand of commentary on this games, then, well, I'm going to have to go to them, number one. But number two, I miss going. I miss the community. I miss the people. I miss Jack, Jim, Sherry, all the old timers up in 217-216. You know who you are. And I understand some of them won't come back because of safety and old age, which is fine. That is your decision. There is no metaphorical gun to your head. But I will. But I will. I believe that there will be a season next year, whether it's in a small form or a small capacity. There is a given trade if you want this season to happen. And I don't want to burn an entire year without giving it a chance to try and flourish, to try and make this happen. I mean, yeah, in Europe, they're trying. They're starting and sputtering, and some aren't getting off the ground, but geez, at least they're trying. I mean, the KHL has started and stopped because of outbreaks, which are going to happen. Heck, most of the European nations, the ones that are up and running, only run at 25% capacity. In fact, there's only one, one European league that is full, up and running, 100% fans, and has not stopped due to coronavirus. Anybody want to take a guess? Anyone? You in the back. Sweden? Show me Sweden on the big board. Ah! Nope, that's not it. Uh, you there. You there. Uh, who do you think it is? Oh, Denmark. Denmark's a really good answer, but you never know what's going to be on the big board. Sarah says... Ah! I'm sorry. That's all the time we have. Show us what's on the board. Belarus. Belarus is the only country that's been up and running. And has not fallen to this COVID yet. And even up in Canada, the three major junior hockey leagues that are trying to get up and running for uh, player development. You have the QMJHL, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, that has started and stopped because Quebec has had hot zones over the past month or so. The Western, excuse me, the Western Hockey League is not starting until after January 2021 and will have a shortened season because part of their uh, divisions bleed into the U.S. Spokane, Tri-City, Portland, Seattle, and not the Kraken, but the Port- Portland Winterhawks. No, it's a, the Seattle T-Birds, the Seattle Thunderbirds is what I'm thinking of. But yeah. You know, there's they're trying to get up and running. And then there's the Ontario Hockey League. <laughs> oh, there's the Ontario Hockey League, who announced a few days ago that they will have a season 
but they have outlawed body checking to prevent the spread of COVID. Let me repeat that. They have allowed no body checking to prevent the spread of COVID. I mean, never mind the... I mean, on a face-off, guys literally get within spitting distance of each other. So let's not mind that. Um, let's never mind everybody packed together on a bench because, yeah, that that could be an infection thing. Uh, guys literally skate by one another. So yeah, body, but no body checking. No, 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 no. That's that's a definite way to spread coronavirus. My God. And I got to admit. Some of the uh, hockey writers that I'm I'm friends with, including a few who broadcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, ding, 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 who follow and friend this great show, uh, they, I was rather surprised because they are rather left-leaning, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Their opinions are their own. I thought they were going to applaud this decision. I thought they were going to be, great job by the OHL, very progressive, taking positive steps to combating this coronavirus. Uh, no, most of them were pretty, were like, really? Really? No checking? Really? And some guy tried to pipe up and say, well, there's no body checking in women's hockey and nobody complains about that. You're not wrong. But the entire infrastructure of women's hockey is built around no checking, is built around fundamentals. There are the occasional collisions and board battles but there is no open checking how that's even penalized and frowned upon but their entire infrastructure is built around that it's not like the nhl is going to say there's no body checking to combat covid it's not like the ahl or echl is doing that you're not rewiring the entire infrastructure to do that because can you imagine for a year of player development that you aren't going to have these guys hit and then get some kid gets drafted by the Devils next year, and let's say we're we're up and running in the twenty twenty one season, and he's at the um at the Capital One Arena for a preseason game, and he's skating in the open ice, and there's the Lord and Savior of Washington D.C., the High Priest Tom Wilson barreling down. Oh, he's not going to check me. Bam! Whammo! Welcome to the NHL, kid. You're going to have a lot of kids not ready for that welcome to the NHL moment. No, I'm not saying Tom Wilson would check a rookie in the open ice just to uh, give him a welcome to the majors moment. He wouldn't do anything like that, but just I'm using an example. They are going to be in for a world of hurt with this whole no body checking thing. So let's loop this back around to the AHL that I wish I could give everybody out here better news. I wish that 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 this date was set in stone. We very well could have no season, and all these no-season people could be right. And there's going to be a lot of you Bears fans out there that are going to say, nah, if there's a season in February, I'm not going. Or some of you want to burn it all the way until October 2021. Because losing this isn't an inconvenience for you. You know, you've adjusted. You wear masks to groceries, maybe to your work, wherever it is. 
your kids are able to Zoom for school and see Mima or Peepaw, God willing, they're still with us. Instead of going to Bears games, perhaps going hiking, wearing masks while doing so, or going out for a leisurely walk while wearing your masks. That's There are going to be Bears fans who suddenly don't want those tickets anymore, who don't need to go out on a Wednesday night, that when next August rolls around and... Ah, hi! It's the Hershey Bears. Remember us? Yeah, we're going to be back up and running for a great season in 2021-2022. You're going to help us restore the roar. Trademark pending. And you can help us. So you want to put a a, uh, a deposit down for your season tickets for the 2021-2020? No. No, they won't. And I'm sure there are some of you out there that will say, Oh, good, good, good. Those are fake Bears fans. We don't need them. Well, for a team that struggles to keep a fan base beyond its glory years of the late 2000s, and as I've said before, the Bears fan base is rather ancient when you have a lot of fans that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, pushing 90, the ones who sit in the uh, open areas of the 100s. Maybe they don't come back. Maybe because they're too old and whatever, and radio is good enough for them. They're, they're, they'll gladly listen to the docile sounds of Zach Fitch and root for the boys from afar and rely on some hack that does Facebook videos to let them know what's going on because it's convenience. So, I don't know. I wish I could give an easier answer. And we're going to have Patrick back on down the line, thanks to this new audio setup that I have. I'll be able to bring him on, and you'll be able to hear him a lot quick, easier, and a lot better. But for everyone, you know, saying just cancel the season, it's the easy button. It's the easy button. To sit here right now on November and press that nuclear button is easy. You know what's hard? Sitting down with 31 other teams and state health officials and finding out, okay, we need to find a way to make this work. We want to find a way to make this work, and we want to put in the time to make sure that there is a season. And what about all the employees? You know, the ones that have been furloughed, the ones that have been fired, a former social media guy who doesn't have a job anymore. You know, you're going to set aside people's lives to make that easy, quick decision. People who love working the concession stands, like my beloved, who use that as extra money. Again, it's easy for you to say to hit that button now on November 1st. If we can get to January and it doesn't work out, after months of trying and toiling through the holidays and there is no way to make this work and we hit the nuclear button and we say in January, geez, at least we tried. You know what? I'll swallow my pride and I'll down a shot of Mountain Dew. But I can at least do that and shed a tear and say, geez, at least I tried. 
and I didn't give up back in October because it looked easy. I still believe we will see Giant Center again. I believe. Keep the faith, everyone. Because somebody has to. So we're going to be back after this with some more uh, news, notes, and nuggets around the world of hockey. Do you dream of a state that has not one, but two, but 10,000 lakes? A state like Canada that claims to have a sport that is the violent ice circus as its own. A team that has not one, but two eras of NHL hockey. And a team that dons the green, red, and off-white. Do you enjoy both beer and hockey? Well, do we have a podcast for you, The Soda Pod, hosted by two loyal, devoted, drunk Minnesota Wild fans. Twice a a week, these boys talk about all things Minnesota Wild, hockey, booze, and even more booze. New episodes drop twice a week, including a live show that airs typically on Thursdays, where you can call... Call in. Make sure you check out Twitter for details. So check out the Soda Podcast. That's the Soda Pod. S-O-T-A, as in Minnesota, the Soda Pod. They were born a child of the strong and wild, but they are feud by beer. And we are back on the Grit and Barrett podcast. That was our weekly podcast shout-out, ladies and gentlemen. And that has gone out to none other than the SOTA podcast. Now, I probably should have done Capitals this week with all the work that they helped me out with, but I kind of already tagged SOTA podcast on Facebook, on, a tw- on Twitter already. So, yeah, I, I kind of had to go with them. Um, both of them are friends of the show. Um, they've showed support of this from the beginning and I thank you for them. And remember boys, we do have Yingling chocolate stout. Just make sure you give me an address and I'll see if I can get a case up to you boys. So I'm keeping it short and sweet this week, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't have a guest on this week. I have a rather busy weekend ahead of me, but don't worry. I'll get a guest on next week, and uh, we'll get some more guests as we head into the Hollandaise season. And if any more uh, AHL news drops down throughout the week, uh, you know this podcast will be there for you guys. So thank you to everyone who is tuned in so far. It is going to get better as we go along, I promise. All right. So 
also happening in the hockey world this week. Oh, boy, was there a doozy this week. So let's start with Dateline, Phoenix, Arizona. And if some of you know where this go- is, this is going, you know. Have you guys heard of Mitch Miller? No? Well, you should if you've been on social media over the past five days. So, Mitch Miller was the fourth round draft pick, 101st, 111th overall draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes. Their highest pick, their biggest draft prospect going into this season. Now, they had pretty high hopes for this kid. I mean, this team's loaded with high draft picks anyway, but, you know, let's keep him in in uh, North Dakota. I think he's with the uh, Fighting Sioux for another year or two. Eventually bring him into Tucson, and we'll see where the kid goes from there. He's only 18. Until it was dropped back on Tuesday, it was reported that he had admitted to being guilty of the Ohio State Juvenile Court of Bullying four years ago. Oh, well, that's not good, but, you know, <laughs> he's 14. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's a middle school age. We all do dumb things when we're kids. To first be old and wise, you must first be young and stupid, as somebody once told me. So, <laughs> we all do dumb things. Now, before we continue, I am taking a very, a bit of a uh, funny and sarcastic look to this, because if you don't, This story is about to take a very hard right turn, so you laugh to avoid from crying what's going to happen. So, that being said, on we go. It was later discovered that what he did was that he bullied a disabled student. Oh, oh, God, oh, Mm, that's, oh, he, he had developmental disabilities? Like ADHD and ADD? Oh, ooh, that's not good. It's really not good, but, you know, it's, it's, everybody deserves a second chance. I believe that's a Gibbs rule. So, he'll say, I'm sorry, this will all go away. No. It turns out the student was also black. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Not that it could get any worse. Oh, it did. Turns out he called him the N-word. Oh, dear Lord. Well, it's not like he forced him to do something really, really disgusting. Uh, yeah, he forced him to... And everybody, skip ahead a few minutes if you have weak stomachs. Okay, for the rest of you, can't say I didn't warn you. He was forced to suck on a lollipop that had been rubbed on a toilet urinal? And he had to be tested for HIV and hepatitis? Oh, dear God! Oh, dear God! Thankfully, all the tests came up negative. Oh, Well, did he apologize to the kid? Obviously, he he had to apologize to him. No, he made a very generic apology to all 31 of the NHL teams. Did he apologize to the kid? Well, he gave a blanket apology and, you know, he didn't exactly reach out to the family directly, but he he made an apology. That's enough. And I'm sure the Arizona Coyotes 
they're just going to ride this out. I mean, sure, there's a ton of social media backlash. I mean, they're getting hammered in the media for this. But, you know, it's, it's one week to go before the election. This story will get buried. Later on in the week we go, nobody's going to talk about this because they'll be so concerned about the two old men running for president. Nobody's going to care about this. No, it's getting worse and worse. You know that Bunsen burner you were sitting in? It's slowly turning into Dante's Inferno. And the uh, family of the bullied child is really starting to speak out against this player. So the GM, Bill Armstrong, on Thursday afternoon came out and said they are renouncing the rights of this kid. He has no longer been drafted by the Arizona Coyotes. He has been chucked back into the junior hockey pool and back out into the ocean. Oof. And it was revealed on Friday that the North Dakota Fighting Sioux has now severed ties with Mitch Milliner or Mitch Miller. Wow. You know, I am all for second chances in this world. I think that maybe they could have gotten out ahead of this. But there were so many missteps along the way. You know, I don't know. It, it, it's claimed that the Coyotes knew about this and still drafted the kid anyway. It's claimed, I don't know if they claim that they didn't know. You can go look this up on, uh, there's a Yahoo Sports article in their N- NHL section on this. It does a really good dive into this. The family of the bullied child has been very outspoken about all this, and rightfully so. But you know what? This is one of those things This seems like a cover-up. This seems like the Arizona Coyotes tried to do what the WWE does every year they go to Saudi Arabia. They just bury their heads in the sand, go ahead with the show, and they know that once they go to the next show, which is either usually Survivor Series, the fan outrage will qualm and they'll move right on by it. I think the Arizona Coyotes were trying to do the same thing. And unfortunately, not this time. Not when it comes to bullying, especially when the child is of of color and disabled. Sorry, and maybe they couldn't. Have, they could have gotten out ahead of this. They knew this kid had trouble, and he reached out to to the kid. Maybe bring him out to Arizona and have a have a public apology in front of people. Make it a big deal. Make it an issue. Show remorse. Don't just sit there and go. Yeah, well, he gave an apology and we tried. On to 2021. Sorry. In today's social media world, and for someone who tries to stay out of that, there was no getting around this. You done messed up, Arizona. You done messed up. Take the L, as the kids say, and move on. You're already paying for illegal, um, what was it, workouts, prospect workouts that cost you draft picks you've already lost a draft pick toward taylor hall you got embarrassed in the in the first round of playoffs by the colorado avalanche yeah you got bigger things to worry about than drafting this kid sorry arizona you done messed up
I miss that that sound so much. You know, I was actually in at work on, I think it was Friday, and there was, I think it was the river that was on. Hello, Bob Hauer, if you're listening. And that song, Song 2 by Blur was playing. And the only reason Bears fans would know that, unless you were you were really into mid '90s alternative rock, which I lived through, uh, you would know that that song. And it made me miss the boys. Just you know, I I I don't care about the lyrics. I just know about the whole woohoo part. And did you know the music video that was during the whole woohoo part? is where they're in like a padded room like in an insane asylum and they're getting looks like blown aw- around off the walls. Haha. <laughs> Random music video stuff. Haha. <laughs> 90s. Anyway, we will end on this. A new segment debuting here on the podcast called One of Us. Where we take a look at a former Hershey Bear, took a look at where did he come from, came into the Bears, and where did he go where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? If it hadn't been for... God. God. Now I'm sad. Because now I remember Cotton Eye Joe. Anyway, we take a look at the at what was part of the Brotherhood known as the Hershey Bears. And we see what they did with the boys. And just take a look at their career overall. This will be... I'll tighten things up as we go along. But this week's candidate was one that a um, a lot of the Facebook page recommended because I put the signal out to the fans, who do you want to see me? And the floodgates just opened up. There were so many great suggestions by people. David Leggio, Tim Tukey, Jason Bakawa, Freddie, Alexander Giroux, Keith Coin, Andrew Gordon. So many great names. And I was even going to consider just doing screw it and do Sean Collins. Oh, no, no, no. Not 2015 Sean Collins. 2010 Sean Collins. If you know, you know. And good for you for knowing. No, but this former Bear joined the Brotherhood in the 2010s. But before we get to his time with the Bears, let's see where he had been. This former Bear was a captain of the Bears for three years in Hershey and only had one playoff goal with the Bears during the God Mode run, but my God, what a goal it was. The puck in front, they score, belted out by John Walton in Game 6 versus the Manchester Monarchs, affiliate of the LA Kings. It's none other than Boyd Kane is this week's one of us. Uh, Born in April 8th, 1978, 42 years old as of right now, originally drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins. 72 overall, third-round pick in the 1996 NHL uh, draft, but was later drafted, I guess, again by the New York Rangers in the fourth round, 114 overall in the 1998 entry draft. So I guess the Rangers picked up his rights after originally being drafted by Pittsburgh. He spent his junior hockey in the WHL with the Regina Pats. What is it with the Hershey Bears and the Regina Pats? They always pick up a lot of guys from there. Uh, one of his best se- best scoring seasons was his last year with Regina with 
four, four, 48 goals and 45 assists for 93 points in juniors in the late 90s. Hot damn. So he was later made his pro debut with the Charlotte Checkers. Oh, no, no, no. Not those Charlotte Checkers. The ECHL Charlotte Checkers. With the polar bear holding a hockey stick, go look it up. He debuted for them with 12 games down there in Charlotte with only five goals and six assists. Good enough for 11 points. Let me just get a little bit set up better here. Uh, my headset horribly echoes with this new setup, so just kind of bear with me. Haha, <laughs> bear with, sorry. He made his AHL debut with the Hartford Wolfpack. Poor bastard. 56 games up there in Hartford. Three goals, five assists, good enough for eight points. He would later spend some time in the United Hockey League with the BC Icemen before going back to Charlotte and Hartford as well. He'd do one more bouncing back and forth between Charlotte and Hartford before spending more time with the Hartford Wolfpack in 2000 and 2001. 56 games, 11 goals, 17 assists for 28 points. And hard to believe the Wolfpack made the playoffs that year. He was in five five games for them with two goals. That's about it. He'd stay with the Hartford Wolfpack in 01 and 02. Good enough for a 40-point campaign, 17 goals, 22 assists. He would later move on to the Springfield Falcons the next season, the 0-2-0-3. Played the entire season down there, 15-22. and 22. He would then be picked up by the Philadelphia franchise. And yes, he would be with the Philadelphia Phantoms, where he would spend a good, healthy chunk of his career. He got a cup of coffee with the Flyers that season for seven games with no points, no nothing, but with 73 games for the Philadelphia Phantoms, 13 goals and 22 assists for 35 points. The following season, you know, 0405 during that lockout thing, you might have heard of it, um, when the the Phantoms uh, did win the Calder Cup. He had nine goals. 15 assists for 24 points, a buck 12 penalty minutes, 21 games with the Philadelphia Phantoms for seven points. That's about it. But then he'd come over to the Bears in 05-06 season with a solid 20-30 and 30 season, well, almost, 20 goals, 29 assists for 49 points, a buck 85 penalty minutes. My God, Giant Center must have loved him was in the playoffs that year, 21 games, four goals, nine assists. I believe, was it him or Graham Mink was the one that scored in game seven? I don't know. Bears Nation, you'll let me know. The following year, he got a cup of coffee with the Capitals and with the, well, that season he got one with the Caps and none with the Flyers. Yet again, he got back with the Phantoms for three more years, 06 through 09, the dying days of the Philadelphia Phantoms. He was a solid, in, let's see, 10-22, 18-26, 17-26. Those aren't lottery numbers. That's his goal and assist. Averaging about 30 to 40 points a season as well. He then would come over to the Capitals and the Bears organization as part of the God Mode team in 2009-2010, where he would register a solid 20-20 campaign, 24 goals, 20 assists for 44 points, a pivotal part 
of that God Mode team anchoring down that fourth line. He had one goal that year in the playoffs, but my God, was it a big one against the Manchester Monarchs. He did get a chance to raise the silver chalice with the Bears. For the next three years, he would captain the Hershey Bears through the next couple years. Um, Still doing, he did uh, nearly a 50-point 20-25 and in 10-11, and then he would kind of drop off a little bit, 19 and 22, 15 and 22. The descent was on as he was getting older, but he finished out his North American career with the Hershey Bears. In 2013, he would go on to the KHL for one more year, and then it seems like he is pretty much retired. A solid 20-year career for Boyd Kane. Now, sorry if that was a bit long in the tooth, but the man's been around. Um, I... Boyd Kane was never really my cup of tea. I never really liked him that that much. The God Mode, I my favorite guy, my guys were Steve Pinizzato and Alexander Giroux were the guys I really went toward. But the Hershey Bears have always seemed to really like those fourth line blue collar guys. So it's in some ways not surprising that he's a fan favorite. You'll see the occasional Boyd Kane jersey around uh, Giant Center among the game-worn collectors as well. So, Boyd Kane, your time with us was not short. You helped us win two Calder Cups. I salute you. Good luck and Godspeed in your retirement, sir. So, if you have any other suggestions for one of us where you want to see us dive into a Hershey Bears career, career, whether they spent five years or five games with us, on, look us up on Hershey Bears fan club page and suggest one to me. I'll typically reach out at around Wednesdays and Thursdays and see who the fan bases want to hear. So, you know, who knows? Maybe one week a suggestion that you have will make it to the podcast. And speaking of which, it seems to be about the 45-minute mark. So I think that was a good healthy romp this week for everyone. Thank you to everyone who has liked shared and subscribed so far now that i've got this new audio set up it's going to get better it's going to sound so much better when these interviews come in when patrick williams Corey comes in whoever else i reach out to we're going to get caps chirps in eventually um hopefully a few other guys from the hockey podcast network as well i'd like to try and get in uh, maybe some hockey writers from fansided as well i'm going to try and pump out content for you guys during this downtime We may hit bi-weekly every once in a while, but I'll let you guys know when it's going to happen. So I'll keep pressing on here as we're adrift out in sea. I'll be like Loud Kiddington in in Hysteria during the Explorers episode when how they described as Explorers would follow the coastline and he'd just be on the edge of the ship yelling at the captain, see it, see it, which means he's seeing the coastline. Gets out to the opening opening of the sea, don't see it! Don't see it. That's pretty much me. I'm the one that's yelling out there. Don't see it. That we're just out there at sea. Or maybe I'm just Jack Sparrow, just drunk on rum, believing I'll hit land eventually. I don't know. I'm just rambling on at this point. (laughs) But thank you to everyone who has listened to this. Thank you again to Caps Chirp for helping me out this weekend and getting all this set up. Keep the faith, everyone. We will see each other again. We will see Giant Center again. We will have Bears hockey again, one way or another. Take care. Stay safe. And in the words of my good friend, 
Tom Campbell, who's in lockdown at Newcastle upon Tye. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Credit Tom Campbell. We'll see you next time.